Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. ESPN Radio. Welcome back. No Honest Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Coulter Nuanas coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. The road to Frisco, it's led us back to Missoula, Montana. I, of course, was not there down there for the FCS National Championship game, but Andrew Out and Brooks Nuanas, Blake Hempstead, we're all there on our behalf. Appreciate those guys' fine work. Check out all of our coverage here all week long on ESPN Radio as well as at SkylineSportsMT.com. Couldn't have done it without Town Pump. Town Pump, Montana's best for more than six decades. No matter where you're at in Montana, there's a Town Pump right down the road from you. Let them keep you fooled up. Whether it's gasoline, snacks and beverages, and everything in between, Town Pump, Montana's best for more than six decades. Miss anything in the first hour of the show, you can always find it on the Wise Now podcast, probably presented by the M Store, where they're all grizz all the time. The MSU Bookstore, visit msubookstore.com. The Blackfoot Communications, visit goblackfoot.com to see how Blackfoot can help you and your small business. And a new friend of the Nuanas Now podcast, Shelty Law Firm. They are uh, fifth-generation Montanans, and uh, if you've had a bad day, whether it was an injury, a car accident, you're in trouble, reach out to Schulte Law Firm. You can find them, jschultilaw.com. Coach Marty's not back yet, but we still found him. Monday afternoon quarterback, but it's remote style because our main man, Marty Mornaway, he is not back from Texas yet, making his way back uh, from down there, of course, on hand. Just check out the Grizz in the FCS National Championship game. Well, Coach, before we get to the Grizz, before we get to uh, another awesome week of the NFL and some of the stuff that came out of it with the playoff seedings and all that, you were going down, you, you made a stop through Vegas, and uh, you did okay in your I, poker I, tournament, I, so pretty cool. I made a pitch stop in Vegas. I will tell you, it was a grind. It was 12 hours, and I'm usually pretty good for six to eight at a poker table, so... I just had to keep my focus, and it was it was fun. You know, we were down to four tables, and three, two, one. Then we were down to you know ten people, eight, six, five, and then so uh, it was quite exciting, but not as exciting as the Grizzlies from Montana playing in the national championship game. And I would say there was more than ten thousand Grizz fans there. I mean, it was. It was a quite of a sight to, to to behold there. Well, yeah, take us through that. I mean, I know that you were down there a little bit early, so did you go to some other festivities? And if so, what would you think of just the Grizz Fest and the alumni functions and all that? Coulter, I went to the Grizz Fest. My, my wife, Lindsay, and I went to the Grizz Fest. I will tell you, we saw so many people that we haven't seen in like 35 years, 30, 35, 40 years. Basil Jones, I didn't recognize him. He played guard for us. It was awesome to see him. And then on the other side of the coin, there were so many people there that some of the people that we thought we'd run into, we we didn't see all weekend. So that's how many people were there. Great job of Missoula, the state of Montana, the alumni 
supporting the Grizz football team. Well, let's talk about the game a little bit then. It was certainly a defensive slugfest for three of the four quarters, the whole first half and then the fourth quarter. But in the third quarter, South Dakota State got a little bit of separation. To me, sort of the stories of the game were uh, Montana getting stopped on that early fourth down uh, on their first possession right there at the goal line, not being able to really capitalize on the mistakes that South Dakota State did make. That a nice pick the Grizz did, and they had the uh, fumble on the punt, but that only resulted in three total points for Montana. And uh, then the third quarter, I mean, he's the Walter Payton Award winner for a reason. He's the best player in the country. Mark Kronowski just made some plays, and I thought South Dakota State's quarterback was outstanding. But, I mean, in your mind, what did you think of just the way that this game played out overall? Well, first of all, what an exciting run for the Grizzly football team. Really proud and exciting year. And then a little disappointment in the national championship game. Because like you and I have discussed before, you either are a national champion or you're not. And so that was just a little bit disappointing. But what an exciting deal. The game itself, Coulter, was kind of ho-hum. I mean, the South Dakota State Jackrabbits took up half of the first quarter on their drive that led to seven points. And then the Grizz got the ball. And then they got stopped fourth and one. They, They used up the rest of the first quarter and one play into the second quarter and got stopped there on the fourth and one. That was a big momentum stopper for the Grizz. Now, not only that alone, because, okay, they missed the fourth and one. Well, they've got the Jackrabbits trapped, trapped down in the end zone. So you're looking at a three and out and a punt to Bergen. Oh, uh, so you should have good field position. You're looking at a possible safety. You're looking at a possible turnover from the Jackrabbits. And the Jackrabbits got a first down. And then they turned the ball over. Uh, the, the, their uh, highly acclaimed quarterback, I think that was probably the only mistake that he made all game. And so now uh, it, it works. It works. You've got the ball in great field position, but then another momentum stopper and sort of a downer, you only get out of it with three points. So, uh, and, then, and then, okay, so you you don't have the momentum for the Grizz, and they just never were capable of getting the momentum back, and you've got to give the, the Jackrabbits defense a little bit of credit because they do it time after time after time to their opponents. They just shut their opponents down. Brady Mornoway here on New is Now ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television and the ESPN MT app. Recording this a little earlier on this Monday, Monday afternoon quarterback is Coach Barty still in transit on his way back to Missoula. Going back to the fourth down on the first drive, you have to go for it, there's no doubt. Because, you know, I mean, you're playing the number one team in the country that's won 28 games in a row. You got the ball half a yard from the end zone line. I know it's always hindsight in 2020, but what do you think of the play call? They kind of went out wide, and South Dakota State so yeah. good sideline to sideline, especially their outstanding inside linebacker, Adam Bach, number 32. I don't know. I, I thought, you know, I mean, giving Gilman a chance to get ahead of steam, that's a good thing. On the other side, maybe you want to rush the quarterback because he's such a big and tough ball carrier. Maybe you want to give it to Nick Osmo inside. I don't know. What do you think of just the play call there on that fourth down? <laughs> yeah, Coulter, I, look, it, after the fact, it's really easy, right? To second guess. However, however, that type of play, it's a jet sweep really from under center. That's what I would, I would call it. Uh, 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 you know, so, okay, so I, I tend to do that on first, second, or third down. Why? 
because it's typically one of two things. The outcome of the play is one of two things. It's either a walk-in, right? Which, why are you going to beat your head inside the tackle box when you can hand a little jet sweep and walk in over there in the front corner of the end zone? Well, South Dakota State almost knew that that play was a possibility, and they played it just beautifully. Uh, so I would do a first, second, third down. Fourth down, typically, this is just personal to me, I go vertical. Uh, typically now if the ball bounces naturally and you have a walk into the front pylon okay i'm good with that but typically i go vertical on fourth down i want to go forward uh when there's less than a yard to be gained and look on first second third down if 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 the jet sweep from an under center doesn't work you know exactly where you are on fourth down even if you lose a yard or two you know where you are on second or third or fourth down. So uh, really easy, though, Coulter, to second guess after the fact when it doesn't work. If it would have worked, we likely would be saying, what a what a terrific play call down there on fourth and one. Everybody thought it was going between the tackles. I will tell you, Brent Peace, I thought, did, did a great job from about midseason on. Their offense just took off up until this ballgame. Now, why? That defense of South Dakota State was really impressive. I had not seen them live. I had seen them on tape and the TV. But they're much like they're much like the Grizzly defense in that they're they're fast and they're agile and they're mobile. They're hostile. The difference in this game was the Jackrabbits tackled a little bit better than the Grizzly defense. Now, why was that? Because the Grizzly defense are sure tacklers. They're almost always in position, and they, they're sure tacklers. I was impressed by some of the skill fellas from the Jackrabbits. They had some fellas that could make you miss, and they made the Grizzly defenders miss a little bit. I will tell you, the Grizz offense, I believe they only had one play over 20 yards, and it was the 21-yard catch and run by Osmo to, to, to gain a first down late in the game. I mean, they, they just didn't have any big plays, or some people call them explosive plays. And on the other hand, the Jackrabbits didn't have much. They might have had one or two in the first half, and then all of a sudden, here it goes with some, some bigger-type plays. Very difficult to drive down the field on a consistent basis, uh, small chunk by small chunk by small chunk, against that type of defense that the Jackrabbits have, Coulter. Well, and there's just there's so many different statistics in football. And I I think not all statistics are created equal. I think they can tell you sort of how a team plays or maybe how they don't play or whatever. But I do think that there's some that are more important than others. I think scoring defense is definitely one of the most important statistics in all of football. And you talk about South Dakota State. I mean, they are the first team to win a national championship giving up less than 10 points per game. And I they did it in a sort of unique way. I mean, you look at what they do schematically. Jimmy Rogers talked about it, their head coach in the lead up to the game. And we had a, several different anonymous coaches go on the record and tell us, you know, just all the different things that they do. And what they do is, is it's a, it's akin to an NFL defense. It's a, a lot of college teams have a hard time running like a cover three with a whole bunch of different varieties to that cover three on the back end. It's very reminiscent to like 
what the Seahawks did, you know, during their height with the Legion of Boom. So, I mean, just break that down for people. Why is that such a hard defense to operate against as an offense? And I mean, that's that's it's one of the huge keys. That and just the fact they have really dang good players. South Dakota State was so good defensively, but why is that such a hard defense to sort of game plan for and operate against? Well, you hit the nail on the head. It's a it's a, a sophisticated defense for the college ranks, right? So let's just say, I'll give you an example. A, a rookie quarterback, a, a quarterback comes from college to the NFL. Heck, in his first preseason game, in one quarter, he may see more stunt, blitz, coverages than he saw all year uh, at his college. So that's, uh, so, so South Dakota State runs a little bit of a sophisticated defense, but more importantly, more importantly, they're very disciplined with how they go about it. That style of defense, you have to have discipline. And then thirdly, <clears throat> you hit it on the head. They've got some fantastic players. I mean, I was really impressed with their speed and agility and, and, and then their tackling ability. I mean, those guys bring it. Now, I, I, I got surprised a little bit just because I thought the Grizz would score in the 20s. I thought I thought I really thought that, and let's not underestimate the value of one play or one player, right? That that play, that fourth and one play, now it's seven to seven. I'm a big believer in momentum. If you've got it, you must keep it. If you don't have it, you've got to find a way to get it back. Well, the Grizz lost all momentum there, and then when when they got the turnover, only got three. That's a big momentum stopper, and they just never got it back. And one of the reasons is uh, South Dakota State's defense. The other reason is they just didn't create any big plays on their behalf. You've got to hit some big plays, especially against a defense like that. Like, like my whole <clears throat> thought process going into that game is, hey, look, nobody, nobody is going to drive the ball consistently. Now, the Grizz did a good job on the first drive only, right? And, and – and, and so we've got to spend some time and energy on some chunk plays, and the Grizz just didn't, didn't get it done there. You know, you know, Jay Cohen and John Stepanek and I were up there early in the game on that first drive that South Dakota State's offense made. And we're going, okay, that's fine because we've seen it before with the Grizz defense. They may give up a score on that first drive and then shut them out which looked like was going to happen uh, until the third quarter. And so that part of the game was exciting. Once the Jackrabbits pulled away by two scores, you knew, Coulter, you knew it was going to be a tough feat for the Grizz offense just because of the style that they play. Well, after the quarterback with Coach Marty, Marty Mortowick joining us remotely. He is uh, still making his way back from the Lone Star State. Uh, we'll be back in studio next week. Presented in part by Stockman Bank. Stockman Bank, Montana's brand of banking. Stockman Bank is in Montana, only in Montana, and they plan on keeping it that way. More than 40 locations throughout the Treasure State. Let them show you Montana's brand of banking today. Speaking of quarterbacks, uh, we talked a little bit about Mark Gronowski, the South Dakota State quarterback. We'll come back to that in a minute. But Clifton McDowell, it, Bobby Houck said he wasn't banged up when I asked him about it in the press conference. I think that's just him protecting his guy. If you watch the national broadcast on ABC, they – they, I mean, that's all the sideline reporter talked about was Clifton McDowell getting some therapy on his leg. He was riding the bike, all that stuff. I'm not speculating what the injury is, but it was very clear to me that he could not move around 
in the pocket and and get out on the edge like he does, which is what what makes him so dangerous and such a good player. So I'm mean, how much you think that limited Montana though, because it just seemed like their offense was limited because Clifton McDowell just couldn't do uh, sort of what he's accustomed to doing. Coulter, we've talked about the lack of big plays for Montana. They had one, one over 20 yards, and I believe it was 21 yards. So when Clifton can't move that, well, well, I should say when Clifton is moving and grooving, that typically creates some of those big plays, some of those explosive plays. So now I will tell you, some guys a little banged up can play really, really well. Others don't play nearly as well. And so that may have been what happened. I will tell you, uh, Jay and John and my wife, Lindsay, was up in the box. John saw there was uh, a, a whole group of script sports together up in the box. And we were still thinking that there's there's a swinging chance uh, there in the fourth quarter with, with 10 minutes left, with eight minutes. They're only down 20. Yeah, I say only. But heck, <clears throat> three touchdowns wins that game. <clears throat> so we were going, <clears throat> this has a chance of being one of the great comebacks in championship history at any level. <clears throat> and we we're just incapable of putting a single drive together. You know, the other thing, I like Bobby putting Ayotte in at the end. Ayotte goes like six for seven, 47 yards. You know, now they were playing soft. South Dakota was playing soft. But that, that was a, a very good strategy. The game's basically over. You're down 21 points with like less than two minutes left. Put him in there. Give him some playing time. Why? Because if he, Ayat, leads this team to a national championship, he's been there and done that. It's not new to him. So I thought that was a very good move by Coach Houck and their staff at the end of the game. Last question on the particulars of the game, and then we'll talk a little about the future, and then we'll take a break, talk some NFL playoffs. What what'd you think of just Mark Rodowski as a whole? I mean, what, how would you evaluate South Dakota State's quarterback? I mean, the, the – the accolades keep coming in. He's the Walter Payton Award winner. He's the championship game MVP for the second time, only the third guy to ever do that, joining Brack Jensen and, and Carson Wentz. And now he's 36-1 and one as a starter against FCS teams. So uh, now that you got to see him live in a person, Coach, what would you think? I like him very much, very much. This is a talented quarterback that is surrounded by a heck of a team, a heck of a coaching staff, and he does his job very well. He plays the quarterback position very well. He made one bad mistake, and they minimized the negativity on that mistake by holding the Grizz to three. <laughs> so I like him very much. I will tell you another man from South Dakota State that I was impressed with. Their kicker punter, Dustin. Oh, yeah. yeah, Dustman. Hunter Dustman, I believe is his name. You saw their first kickoff. They kicked it to Junior, like you said they were going to do. 39 yards later, what a great job by him. Directional kicking and directional punting. I thought he had a big influence on the game, especially for the first three quarters while the game was still in balance. No doubt. I mean, it's it's dang near impossible to pin Montana inside the 10 because their punt coverage and punt units are just so good. And they did it, two, I think, twice, maybe even three times. He also had the, the field goal 
uh, in the third quarter where the snap was bad and he like double clutched it and he still nailed it. So uh, he was certainly impressive uh, as a kicker and a punter. When it comes to the Grizz, I mean, these sort of things are, they're, they're always so hard to cover at the end just because, you know, the disappointment is just so huge. You get all the way to the doorstep and then, you know, you, you, you don't finish it. You don't get it done. But that, do, that doesn't take anything to me, at least, away from the run that this Grizz team went on. And it was it was at the same time heartbreaking, but also um, a moment of pride for me just as a Montana and listening to those Montana guys, Braxton Hill and A.J. Forbes, sit up there and, and talk about in the postgame press conference just how much this is all meant to them and and how, how much they'll remember this season despite the way that it ended. So, um. I guess two things for you, Coach. First of all, what, what will be sort of your defining memories of this Grizz team uh, this season? I loved it, Coulter. Why? Because it was so exciting. I remember after the Northern Arizona game there in Flagstaff, there was so much negativity, and I'm going, what? Let's step back and look at the big picture. <clears throat> I believe they were something like 5-1 and one after losing that ball game. And they were a very good team that played poorly one time. They played poorly one time all year. They they selected their quarterback finally after that game and went with McDowell. And I think that had a little something to do with it. Why? Because that position is thrust in to a leadership role. And McDowell was undefeated up until Sunday's game as well. So, what a great run, and it was even more exciting because people did not think that the Grizzly football team was all that good. So that made it even more exciting down the stretch and into the playoffs. Back-to-back overtime wins in Washington Grizz Stadium. The fans had an awful lot to do with this run. So congratulations to the support. Congratulations to the fan, but most importantly, congratulations to those players and coaches on the Grizz team. Now, now, Coulter, this thing's 24-7. The portal's going to hit them in the face real quick. Recruiting, the development of players, there is a lot of work ahead of them immediately. It's almost 24-7 now uh, in college and the pros. And it goes fast. This time goes fast. Spring ball will be hitting the Grizzlies in their face here very quickly. When it comes to then what's next, I mean, we can go through the whole roster and the guys they lose. They certainly have to replace a lot on the offensive line. They had three starters up there that are seniors. Remains to be seen what Clifton McDowell does, but he did post on his social media today that he was excited about getting back to the grind. So maybe that's indicative of the fact that he's coming back. The portal is certainly going to be a place where uh, at least a few guys are going to get some options, uh, and we'll see what happens with that. They obviously have to replace a group of great linebackers led by Braxton Hill and Levi Janicaro and Tyler Flink. Some guys on the back end, uh, specifically Nash Fouch, Corbin Walker, but they return a lot as well. We could rattle through all the names, but I think we kind of know uh, what the strengths are. I mean, some of the main returners, obviously the great wide receiver trio, Keela White, Aaron Fonson, Junior Bergen, the great running back, Eli Gilman, and uh, it'll be interesting to see because if McDowell does move on, is it now uh, Kialili Ayat's time? Or if McDowell comes back, what's that quarterback competition look like? Uh, but I guess the question is, Coach, what do you think of the future for the Grizz? How do they sort of carry this momentum now into the offseason and into next year? Coulter, let's go back to last year. If you remember, they lost three All-American type of players on defense. What'd they do? They reloaded. 
and probably got even better. I mean, you hold one of the great offenses in the country to 360 yards and 23 points. That's not bad. And 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 it wasn't even a good game. Uh, they that defense has played very well all year long on a with very few exceptions on a really consistent basis. So they got to reload on defense. <clears throat> it's a, it's a good sign that McDowell, at least initially, says that he would like to use his last year. I believe it was a COVID year. And then they've got Ayat. They've got Ayat that is in a developmental process. So this year, this offseason and into next year will be really important for him. I always thought in the NFL, the first three to five years were so important for a young, talented quarterback. Same with college. That first couple of years is so important to the development of a young, talented quarterback, which Ayat is. I'm really impressed, by the way, with Ayat and how he goes about his business, his instincts, his passing ability, his movement ability. I think he's a really, really top-level quarterback that the Grizz are lucky to have in their program. Funny afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. Marty Mornoweg joining us uh, remotely today as he's still making his way back from Texas. This is Montana's brand of NFL presented by Montana's brand of banking. And we'll have more specifically about the NFL week 18 in the NFL right after this. Don't change that dial. Keep it right here at TSPN Radio. Jewelry Design Center is not your average jewelry store. The friendly, welcoming staff is so excited to be in Montana, and the craftsmanship, unique creativity, care, and artisanship you'll receive at the Jewelry Design Center is second to none. Is there anything you guys can't do? We don't cut diamonds, <laughs> okay, yeah. but we can facilitate that. <laughs> right. It's unique that we cast our own metal, we grow our own models, we hand carve, as well as use computer-aided technology to design. We're pushing the limits of what we had previously thought was impossible. Jewelry Design Center, your jeweler for life. He's new on his now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I wish Luke Combs would come back to Missoula. No, I was now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Need a place to watch the Sunday NFL playoffs? How about Sunday brunch at the Stone? Plus a full slate of NFL, the Stone of Accord, located just a stone's throw away on North Reserve. Proud to present our road to Frisco now that we are on our way back. Dive back into talking with the man. We'll talk all things NFL right now. Welcome back. Monday afternoon quarterback, Coach Marty. Marty Mortaway joining us remotely as he makes his way back from Texas. Appreciate Stockman Bank for their continued support of this. Stockman Bank celebrated their 70th anniversary last year, so this year will be uh, year number 71. If you know they've been doing it for seven decades plus, they're doing it right. Let Stockman Bank show you Montana's brand of banking. Coach, let's talk about uh, Week 18 in the NFL. First of all, when it comes to just navigating this sort of stuff, there's all sorts of different ways to do it. Some teams have already clinched. Some teams got nothing to play for. Some teams got a win to get in. And some teams need to win and then get a bunch of help. And there was all sorts of those scenarios. But, I mean, you spent more than 25 years in the NFL. What's it like when it gets down to Week 18? Just take us through the scenarios. Maybe if you've clinched already, what you do with your roster. If you're still trying to play for something, how do you sort of go about managing the guys that you play? Yeah, Coulter, you bring up a good point because there's so many different variables within your position, uh, your team's position, right? If you have everything clinched, 
are you going to play the fellas? I'm talking about your starters, one or two series, uh, or or and just to keep them sharp. Uh, but 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 then, what if somebody gets hurt in those one or two series? See? And then let's just say you've got everything clinched, and you say, okay, we're going to sit all of the fellas that are in the main spots, your quarterback, your great receiver, but you don't have enough guys to sit every starter. So some of those guys must play on both sides of the ball. But typically, your great pass rusher, an aging type of player, your quarterback, uh, uh, your receiver, maybe a hard-hitting safety, you're going to really put a lot of time and energy into selecting the guys that you absolutely are not going to play for even one snap. Now, let's say you're fighting for the playoffs. Let's go to the other end. You're fighting for a playoff spot. You either win and you're in or you lose and you're going home. I mean, that it, it just surprises me. That's why the NFL is so uh, there's so many eyeballs on it because there's so much drama because there are teams that all they have to do is beat a medium or bad team that are not in the playoffs. It's all they have to do is beat that team and they win, a la Jacksonville. And they lose the game. It's crazy. I remember when I was in New York, uh, back when we played 16 games, we go to Miami. It's all they have to do is beat us, right? We're seven and eight. If we win, we're one game out of the playoffs. We demolished them. It just surprises me, and they're out. We miss it by uh, uh, really a half a game. Uh, so it just surprises me the level uh, uh, of 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 talent is so dramatically small that anybody can beat anybody typically on any given Sunday or Saturday or Thursday now or Monday now, you know, so it's, it's, it's crazy. So uh, I remember there was a game uh, we had uh, with the Philadelphia Eagles and three things, Coulter, three things had to happen. We were the four o'clock game against the Dallas Cowboys. By the way, Lindsay and I are in the big D right now. You know, we're spending a couple days, uh, We'll go to Daily Plaza. Lindsay's got to run into a couple shops as well. But, but anyway, we're playing. We're playing Dallas in the big uh, at home in Philly, and two of those three things were likely to happen. The other one was unlikely to happen. So I got on the phone during the week and called my buddy, who I had coached with at that team, where it was unlikely for this team to beat this team. Uh, and he goes, hey, we've got a good game plan. I think we win, man. That juiced me up. And all three things happened. And I remember telling the fellows on Wednesday morning, I said, you know, the worst thing, the worst thing is that these three things don't happen. That's not the worst thing, right? We're still in the playoffs. We're If, if all three of those things happen and you're unprepared to beat the Dallas Cowboys, and win the division and get the number one seed. That's the worst thing that can happen. So you've got to put the hard work in. You've got to put the preparation in. And I think, I, I sense that some of the, by the way, we beat them up like a borrowed mule on that day. But they weren't prepared. They were hoping and wishing that that game would mean nothing. So uh, 
some of these teams, Coulter, I don't think put the hard work and preparation in because they think that they're playing a team that's out of the playoffs. They've already packed their bags. Uh-uh. These players are very, very proud. They're proud. That's what they do for a living. They want to win the game. They want to play well. So anyway, I rambled on because there are so many variables that go into the last game of the year. And the key is get your preparation done, get the hard work done. The worst thing to have happen is that we're not prepared. The best thing to have happen is we win no matter what's happening elsewhere. One afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. Marty Mordaway talking all things NFL. Teams that won to get in. Pittsburgh beat uh, Baltimore, even though Baltimore didn't play Lamar Jackson. They played, you know, they 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 sat several of their uh, key players. Houston won what was a, basically a de facto playoff game against Indianapolis. And with the Jags stubbing their toe and losing, then all of a sudden they also win the division. So great job by Houston to get to 10 wins with a rookie quarterback and a first-year head coach in D'Amico Ryans. The Bills, what a rally by them. They were sort of dead in the water about six weeks ago. And now here they are in their 11-win team, and they're the number two team in the AFC and back to being one of the favorites in the conference. The Bucs won, and they're in. They pitched a shutout to win the NFC or, uh, the NFC South. The Packers, nice rally by them down the stretch as well. I think you really saw Jordan Love come of age and the Packers into the playoffs. I don't think they necessarily expected that in year one, but a, a great reward for them to get to nine wins and get in the playoffs. And then the Rams, this is a team that's red hot. They won down the stretch a bunch after having a, a really tough first half because they were riddled by injuries. And I think they're a team that takes a lot of momentum uh, into the playoffs as well. Teams that won and didn't get in, the Seahawks and the Saints, and then teams that could have won or could have gotten in if they would have won, headlined by the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's a, that's a bad uh, fall from grace for Jacksonville. They were uh, in the driver's seat all the way there in the AFC South and then couldn't get it done, lost a bunch down the stretch. So here's how the playoff seeds look. Baltimore is the one seed in the AFC. Buffalo, the two. Kansas City is the three and the AFC West champion. The Texans get the four seed as the AFC South champ. The Browns, uh, a 12-win year for the Browns. Pretty impressive by them. They're the five seed. Miami gets the six seed after losing uh, on Sunday night football, uh, I guess, last night to the Bills. And then the Steelers, they get their way into the playoffs uh, as the seven seed. In the NFC, it's the 49ers as the one. The Dallas Cowboys win the NFC East, and they are the two seed. The Lions, first division title in 30 years, and they are the three seed out of the uh, NFC North. The Bucks get the four as the uh, NFC South champions. The Eagles, uh, they've been struggling down the stretch after a, a red-hot start, and uh, they lost again yesterday, so they're the five seed. They'll be going on the road for the first round in the wild card. The Rams get in as the sixth seed, and then the Green Bay Packers uh, are the uh, the seventh seed. So, uh, Coach, we'll, we'll, I'll ask you one more question, and then I'll actually send you one more Zoom link because we're running out of time on this one. But uh, And then we'll just finish up with a couple more thoughts about the playoffs. So um, I guess my first question on this is, what do you think of just the, div the divisional format and the fact that you get a home game if you win your division? I'm specifically talking about teams like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that are a nine-win team, but they get to play at home. What do you think of that format? I like it, and I'll tell you why. Your goal as a player, as a unit, as a team, as an organization is to win the Super Bowl. So how do you go about that process? Dominate your division. That's the first level. Dominate your division. So there should be, Coulter, a re reward for winning your division. And I like that that uh, uh, scenario, those scenarios and that approach. Morning afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. Presented. 
by Stockman Bank. Stockman Bank's Montana's brand of banking. We'll go through these first-round playoff matchups right after this. Keep it right here. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. And Dwight, your father founded Schulte Law Firm in 1987 and since then has mediated more than 3,000 family law and divorce cases. Why is he so good at that sort of law? Well, he is a smart and patient man. A lot of situations where you find yourself in need of attorney are a high conflict situation. And it's really important. And it's a a tenet of our firm that we work through litigious issues in a collaborative way. It's important at Schulte Law Firm that when we're litigating these very serious issues that impact people's lives, that we do so in a way that provides the best representation and the best result to our clients. And what we have found is that the best way to do that is to litigate these issues effectively while doing so with a high degree of professionalism. We can have these disagreements without making it personal. Visit jshultilaw.com. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. We got Tyler Childers coming, but I hope Zach Bryan makes his way through Montana once upon a time again. He's been up at the uh, under the big sky, but uh, man, what a songwriter. What an album. Nuwana's Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. First, guys, say thanks to all of our fine sponsors for helping us get down to Frisco, Texas. The Stone of Accord. They got brunch on Sunday, NFL Sunday, so go check out the NFL playoff games and have yourself some delicious brunch. Just a stone throw away on North Reserve. I was going to say thanks to the advocates. If you've been in an accident that wasn't your fault, you can visit MontanaAdvocates.com. And I have to say thanks to Town Pump, Montana's best for more than six decades, keeping us fueled up all season long. If you missed anything in the first hour or the second hour of this new is now you can find it on the podcast, probably presented by Blackfoot Communications. Visit GoBlackfoot.com. The M Store, where they're all grids all the time. The MSU Bookstore, visit msubookstore.org. And Schulte Law Firm, visit jschultilaw.com to find out how they can help you with any and all of your legal needs. A little bit more from the man on the upcoming playoff matchups. Monday afternoon quarterback, Coach Marty. Marty Mornaway coming to us uh, from Texas. He's spending a couple more days there in the Lone Star State before making his way back up here. But appreciate him taking some time here on this Monday afternoon. A huge weekend. Of course, the Grizz lost 23-3 to to South Dakota State in the FCS National Championship game. We also had Week 18 uh, in the NFL. We'll come back to the Grizz probably a little bit more next week because I think we'll probably have some news between now and then. But let's talk about these first-round uh, matchups, Coach. First of all, here's the slate Saturday. It's Cleveland at Houston at 2.30 and then Miami at Kansas City on, at 6.15. On Sunday, you got Pitt at Buffalo at 11. Green Bay at Dallas, 2.30, and Los Angeles at Detroit. That's the Rams at the Lions at 6 p.m. And then on Monday, you got the Eagles, Philadelphia, going to Tampa Bay at 6.15. So uh, my first question, Coach, is what do you think of this, the, the Monday night football format? I know that they've done this in the past, but, I mean, what do you think of just having a, a Monday night football game uh, in the first round of the playoffs? I do not like that, Coulter. Right. I do like it. Why? Because it puts you – at uh, in one case an advantage you have an extra day than the other teams in the playoffs 
but then it may put you at a disadvantage moving forward. And I'm talking usually game planning and then the health of your players. Now, look, both those teams, those teams playing on Monday night, they'll play on Sunday. Whoever wins will play on Sunday the next week. But still, that team that plays on Sunday has a full week. You don't. So I do not like it because I think <clears throat> once you get to the playoffs, everything should be equal. Now, one thing, Coulter, I add, you know, you're going through all these teams that made the playoffs. The one correlation, with only a few exceptions, is the quarterback position. How did Buffalo make a run? Got a pretty good defense and a quarterback. How did the Cleveland Browns and Stefanski do it? They've played four quarterbacks, I believe, and the great Joe Flacco. Now, look, Joe Flacco's a Super Bowl MVP, so that's not surprising, but he looks like he's 26 again, and I think that's because he took half the year off. He was not with the team. So uh, congratulations to the Cleveland Browns. I, I That just doesn't happen very often where you play four quarterbacks and actually make the playoffs, and they should be one of the favorites. They've got a heck of a defense as well. And then the Eagles, Coulter, there's something wrong there. For sure. I mean, it's like Jacksonville. They lost five out of the last six. Jacksonville was eight and three at one time, and I believe Philly was ten and one at one time. And I think both of them have lost something like five out of six. Crazy. And then this last game, you would say, well, it's because they can't win the division unless the Cowboys lose, but they were playing at the same time. And by the time the Cowboys were up by like 18, uh, the Eagles were down by 24. And then they started pulling their guys, planning for the playoffs. So I think something's wrong in Philly. I think something was wrong down the stretch in Jacksonville. At least Philly uh, made it into the playoffs. I thought that these last two weeks, the Eagles might end up putting it back together and ironing some things out, but it just doesn't look that way. I like Cleveland at Houston with Flacco leading the Browns in there. Well, that's exactly right. I was going to ask you, which uh, which road teams do you think are the ones you don't want to play? And I, I, I pointed to exactly that. I think Cleveland at Houston, just because Houston's sort of new to the party. They got a, a first-year head coach, a rookie quarterback, and Cleveland, they've just gotten it done despite – I mean, it's not just the quarterbacks. I mean, they lost Nick Chubb for the year. They lost Kareem Hunt. They've had so many guys get hurt, and they still have just kept rolling. And and uh, part of that's because Stefanski's been so good, and part of it's because their defense is so good. The other one is the Rams. The Rams have been outstanding since Matt Stafford got back. And Detroit's really good. But Detroit's also never really been in this spot before either, so I think they have a lot of pressure on them as well. So, uh, I mean, which two of those two teams that are road teams would you rather not play, Coach, Cleveland or L.A.? Probably Cleveland, just because I I just – and now I'm biased towards Joe, you know, Flacco. So, uh, I just think their defense is really, really – I know their defensive coordinator really well, does a heck of a job. Joe's been there. That quarterback position is – I don't even think you can argue it. The most important position in all of sports and all these teams that have a top, let's say, five to eight quarterback or their quarterback is playing like a top quarterback, those teams have the best chance as long as it's correlated with a pretty good defense.
Next time, we will have uh, the divisional round matchups for you as the NFL gets crazy how fast it gets whittled. It goes from 32 to 14 teams, and then it goes boom like that to just uh, the last four teams remaining in each conference. So that will be next week on the Monday Afternoon Quarterback with Coach Marty. Appreciate Stockman Bank for their continued support of us here at ESPN Radio. Stockman Bank, Montana's brand of banking. Proud to present Montana's brand of NFL each Monday here during the second hour on Nuanas Now. Coach Appreciate the time, man. Enjoy yourself down there in the Lone Star State and uh, safe travels back home. But thanks for taking a minute for us. Culture, it never stops. We get to watch the big ball game tonight as well. There you go. Thanks, Coach Marty, for making some time for us here today. The Monday afternoon quarterback presented by Stockman Bank. Stockman Bank invites you to experience the Stockman difference as a family-owned community bank with locations throughout Montana. Stockman Bank is committed to enriching the lives of Montanans and helping communities succeed. What that means to you is your money stays in the local economy, supporting your friends and neighbors, blending traditional Western values with modern conveniences and state-of-the-art technology. Stockman Bank has tried and true products and services from people who truly care about you and your financial success. We are about to roll right into the FBS National Championship game. Sorry we didn't give you much lead-up to this, only because... It's just crazy. It's hard. To, people always ask me, how do you do a two-hour show every day? I always think, man, especially on Mondays, we could do more than a two-hour show. It's crazy how much stuff we have to talk about. A homage to the Grizz, certainly, for what was a great season. Can't wait to get into some storylines from the offseason. I think we're going to have a whole bunch of them coming down the pipe here in the next couple weeks. And uh, the NFL, we're into the playoffs. We got one last college football game tonight. We'll be rolling right into Michigan and Washington, one versus two. The Wolverines, a five and a half point favorite. The over-under sitting there about 56 and a half. If I was a betting man, I'd say, I don't know, I might dabble a little bit on UW, but uh, the uh, what, do we have a score? Because this thing already kicked off, 530. Okay. There you go, 7-0 Michigan here uh, right off the top. Uh, we'll give you a full recap of what goes down in this game tomorrow and uh, maybe do some more rehashing of the Grizz. We'll have a whole bunch of high school storylines for you as well and uh, a whole bunch of fun. For the guys there and all of our great sponsors that took us to Frisco, appreciate you for all the support. And uh, football season here in Missoula is over, but plenty of football on the horizon. We'll be back at it tomorrow at 4 p.m. New is now, ESPN Radio. Coulter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that yeah. might, it must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Yeah, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now <laughs> for the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure – 
Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time.